Free Talk Live. It's your show, and you can dial in toll-free. Bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they're completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Com. show is about your calls if you make them. Otherwise, we'll talk about things interesting to us. And, of course, Dale is joining us tonight from anarchyinyourhead.com. Great comic strip website uh, available on the Internet primarily, but occasionally appears in some print uh, publications like the New Hampshire Free Press and, uh, and a handful of others. Uh, anarchyinyourhead.com is the website. And, Dale, you wanted uh, to point out that there's a brand new feature on your site. There is a new section where people can go and get free things, and uh, it's just a few preliminary samples right now, but uh, it will be expanded. It's like um, wallpapers and avatars they can use on forums and banners and things like that. Fun stuff. Fun free stuff. Now, that's not to say that the website itself isn't free. It is. You can go and enjoy the anarchyinyourhead.com comic strips and editorials all completely free. I guess the only thing you have to pay for at Anarchy in Your Head is advertising if you want to buy a banner ad and T-shirts and stuff like that. Yeah, there's T-shirts, mouse pads, things like that you can buy with, with some stuff on them. So let's talk about you, Dale, for a little bit here, because uh, where did it's my understanding that where you came from to this pro-liberty position that you're at right now is you used to be a Republican. Is that right? That was my most recent thing. I went through the whole game. Oh, really? You've been all I over did. the map, huh? I have. Where, where did you start as a, as a kid? What was your, your path like? Well, I mean, I was pretty apolitical to start with, and I think once I got really involved with college, that's when I started getting political because I got involved with like gay groups at school. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I was that was liberal activism for the most part. And um, really, though, all along, I had a libertarian perspective. So even you as didn't you know, know it. Yeah. I, well, I didn't really label it, but I always had kind of a libertarian perspective. And uh, and really, as soon as a certain point of view of mine was pointed out as being sort of inconsistent with a, with a liberty viewpoint, I would immediately change my view usually. And I, mm. I can remember like discrimination. Uh, someone ha- having a talk with me who was actually he was actually a. Uh, he was actually a liberal himself describing the libertarian point of view to me in, in a kind of devil's advocate way, mm-hmm. expecting me to immediately reject it. And the moment he did, I was like, oh, actually, that makes sense to me. And so I was, right. and, and at that he point, did, I did a good job. Then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it changed my perspective on like discrimination laws. And and uh, that was just, you know, one step. You know, as soon as I went down that path, I, I think I've always become more of a libertarian along the way. Uh, but really, always at heart a libertarian, and, and, you know, and sort of the principle of libertarianism has always been – it made sense to me. I would like to say uh, the same thing about myself. I didn't go through all of the above. However, I, when I was growing up, uh, my parents it was, were Republicans, and you know, my dad introduced me to those ideas. And for whatever reason, I ended up reading Harry Brown's Why Government Doesn't Work, and of course that just – that clicked with me. At, at that time in my life, I was probably 18, so I didn't really have too much else in my head going on. Well, and, that's what uh, – yeah, and you know, the younger the better um, when it comes yeah. to uh, libertarian ideas because you don't have to get through all that other – you know, stuff that you've developed throughout life. Right, you don't have life. to break down all of the, the barriers. But the Republicans basically have, you know, always said the things that the Libertarians say. Sort of. Except. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, Sometimes. you're prepared in, in that way. They you know, use a lot of the rhetoric without right. actually backing it up with their actions. Right. And I, I don't say there's a yes. big difference between Republican politicians and a lot of people out there, Republican voters and, and regular people out there who really are Libertarian at heart. And would love to see the Republican Party maybe go in that direction, but uh, I don't think, you know, it's silly to expect it. 
Well, one of the things you'll hear a lot from uh, from whether it's Republicans or, or liberty minded people or even in some cases Democrats. I mean, it all depends on who you talk to. Uh, but one of the things you'll hear a lot is talk about we need to get back to the Constitution. And, of course, uh, somebody like a Ron Paul, for instance, would be front and center uh, making statements like that. And when I was in the beginning days of my liberty mindset, uh, when I was first getting into the Libertarian Party, I found that a, a fairly... Uh, a fairly persuasive idea. I liked that concept. I liked the idea of getting back to the Constitution. However, as I've come along in my understanding of what it means to be free and what liberty is all about, I now understand that the Constitution is not an ideal to be striving for. In fact, the Constitution, while it certainly would be better than where we are today, with the exception of the whole slavery thing, uh, as far as if you you know slash the government down to a constitutional level, there's no doubt. I, c- I can't argue that that would be an improvement upon what we have. However, to just say that the Constitution is the, the holy grail of liberty is, well, it's inaccurate. It is, yes. And mm-hmm. you've got a story about that tonight. Yeah, there's an article by Jim Davies. It's not a really new article. It was written in late two- 2007 on Strike the Root. So if you go to uh, Strike the Root, you can that's strike hyphen the hyphen root dot com. That's right. And you can look you can search on it. Constitutional rule. And he talks about just how tyrannical the government could still be, even abiding strictly by the Constitution. And it's Which a they really good article. Right. Yeah. They, they don't bother abiding by the Constitution. It doesn't seem like there's any way to uh, to force them to abide. But what he does is he takes a look at the the actual wording of the Constitution and then compares that to what liberty would be right right what freedom really is right this notion of a constitutional government as being a really small government is is not really accurate it's not really a reasonable expectation and he, you know first he starts off by pointing out that like you said they don't follow it anyway so the constitution the notion of the constitution protecting us from the government infringing on our rights is already something of a fairy tale so Right. Well, that, as he points that out first before he goes on to say what they could do even under the Constitution. I think somebody called in earlier this week to cite the uh, not-so-famous Lysander Spooner quote that points out that either the Constitution uh, has authorized all of the tyranny that we're experiencing or it has been powerless to prevent it. It's, it's one or the other. Right. And, of course, can you imagine what Spooner would say about the government today? <laughs> I mean, he was alive in the late 1800s. Yeah, the, the relying on the Constitution in that sense is a lose-lose situation. He, he actually references Spooner, too, uh, to point out why the we shouldn't expect the Constitution to have any authority to, anyway. It's based on the notion of we the people, which is already, right off the bat, that's a lie. Right, so, well, it was we the people who signed the Constitution, the, you know, couple dozen about, guys. Yeah, exactly. So they're dead right now, and how could how anybody could look at that piece of paper and say, well, that those men's signatures from 200 plus years ago uh, binds me today? I mean, it's just when you start to really uh, dig into it, and you don't have to dig too far, it just becomes more and more absurd. Right. It's it's important to point out that it's not that again we don't like the idea of. A government abiding by the Constitution, like I said, would certainly be better than it is now. But I think that if we are relying on a fairy tale to, for our liberty, then we shouldn't be surprised when we don't get it. 
I want to get when to when that doesn't work. I want to dig into it a little bit here, but I want to go to the phone calls first. The show is about your calls, 800-259-9231. So we're not going to read the entire Constitution, obviously. We're going to select a few uh, portions and then take a look at how that doesn't even come close to jibing with what freedom is really all about. So we'll get to that. But first, let's go to your phone calls. Jake is over in the U.K. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Jake. Hey, how you doing? What's on your mind tonight, Jake? Uh, well, um, basically, uh, I've been living in England for the last uh, 10 years. I got kicked out of America. Um, I lived in Florida, and um, it got to a total police state by the time I was uh, a, a young adult. And, uh, yeah, um, it, it's happening everywhere over there. Um, it's scary. It really is scary what's going on. So yep, does, no uh, does England, with its uh, closed-circuit television cameras all over the place, not uh, ring that way to you? Oh, it's hell. It's hell <laughs> over here. So do you yeah, see anything really changing is. in the uh, the near future, or are you just you know going to kind of hunker down and try to stay below the radar for the rest of your life? Um, well, I, I really want to come home back to America. I mean, I got deported for 10 years. Um, wow. My son's living there now. He's 18 years old. And, um, you know, I mean, my sister lives there. My mom and dad live in Texas. And, uh, you know, I, I really want to come home and see my family again, but I, I don't want to come home to hell. <laughs> now, you know, I, 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 I think the people need to stand up and uh, overthrow government. And uh, Well, how would you suggest that? I mean, I see you're overthrowing the government is quite a task. I'm going to put you on hold and I'm going to bring you back and we'll, uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, and I don't know, really, uh, you, do you really want to trade the U.S.? If you think the U.S. is hell and the U.K. is hell, I guess maybe the U.S. is a little bit less hellish than the U.K., but it's almost a toss-up. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. Of course, our friend Gardner Goldsmith is currently over in the U.K. right now for the Red Dwarf uh, Season 9 premiere tonight. Maybe we'll hear from him. Who knows? 800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. More with Jake and your calls as well. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You dial in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. The features are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Uh, features, by the way, including the Shrine of Female listeners, dozens of ladies that have sent us their validated photo. To prove they listen to the show, head over to shrine.freetalklive.com and see what that's all about free. That's shrine.freetalklive.com. Now, according to the Computer Privacy Handbook, normal Internet technology is the most comprehensive surveillance system ever invented. Put a stop to email snooping with an easy-to-use email alternative, privacyharbor.com, because normal email is not secure. That's privacyharbor.com as we continue here with your phone calls. Uh, Going back to Jake in the U.K., Jake, you are talking about how you were, I guess you said kicked out of the United States uh, a decade ago. You're pretty yeah. frustrated with the uh, the state of things in this world, uh, at least in the uh, the Western world that you've experienced. Uh, you say it's hell over in the UK. It was hell in the US. Uh, police state when you left, and I'm telling you, as you probably know, it's uh, the police state's even worse now than than it was ten years ago. Yeah, so yeah, I'm curious yeah. before we get into uh, what you were talking about uh, overthrowing the government. I don't know about all that, but uh, b- before we get into that, why were you ejected from the United States in the first place? Um, well, I, I grew up, I had a troubled childhood, um, 
my parents were divorced and my, my, my mother married a serviceman and that's how I came to the United States. Um, when I got over there, I was about nine or ten years old and um, I, I rebelled a bit and, uh, you know, I, I, I kept getting into trouble. Um, I had a child. Basically, my son was born when I was like 19. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still a child myself. His mother was a child. Yeah. And basically, he was just a meal ticket because in Florida, women have more rights than anybody. Um, and, uh, yeah, that, that basically fell apart, and I kept getting put in jail um, for child support six months at a time. Um, no gain time, you know, you can work, but it doesn't get any time knocked off. And I, I just be, I, I got worse and worse in there. Um, I, I got very depressed and suicidal and, um, yeah, and started uh, taking uh, street drugs at one point. And um, I never got really arrested for any drug charges. It was mainly just shoplifting and um, passing worthless checks. And uh, they also added a burglary charge, which wasn't mine. Um, Someone else had the same name as me, obviously. Um, And uh, they just put his record on mine to make mine even more. I've got proof. I've got the paperwork. Normally, they're content um, to just let people rot in the prison system. Why uh, Why did they choose to eject you from the country? Um, because they passed a law, right, um, in Florida at that time that said if anybody got 18 months or more in prison that wasn't from the United States was automatically up for deportation. I see. I so you, so you, were not, uh, you were not a U.S. citizen at that point? Is that the idea? I had a um, visa, a, a life – well, I, I thought it was a lifetime visa, but – um, from what I gathered, um, I had to renew it when I was 18. But, I mean, I grew up in um, in Florida. I went to school in New Mexico at first when we first got there. Um, spent three years there. Then we moved to Panama City, Florida. Man, I pledge allegiance to the flag every day. I consider myself a U.S. citizen, you know. I, I don't consider myself British. I mean, I, I left that life behind. But you now, know, you're, I, now I, you're I think back. it's unfair. And you're in the U.K., and yeah. you want to come back to the United States even after they, uh, you know, they gave you a, a bit of a rude treatment. Uh, they certainly made it seem like they didn't want you here anymore, uh, but you want to come back. Why do you want to come back? Why America versus the U.K.? Um, because, one, it's my home. I grew up there. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, well, because America's founded on we the people, man. That, that's, that's, America's about freedom. Is you know, that, that, that's what America's about. You can, you know, you're oppressed here by the government. The British government is very oh, we're oppressed. oppressed here by the government in America. I mean, you said that it was a police state before you left. So what was your proposal? I mean, you said you wanted to overthrow the government. I'd just like to hear what you have well, in I mind. Mean, the, the, the Constitution, it says in the Constitution, if a government like uh, like starts turning on its own people, that you, you're allowed to go in there and place a new government in How there. How would you go about that? You know, that will work. How would you well, do I mean, that? You have to go through the, the the diplomatic processes, I guess. Okay, you know? so I mean, so when you say overthrow, you, you don't mean anything you? violent. You mean to just go oh, in no, and try no, to win no, an election? No, no, you go in there through the paperwork. You beat them at their own game. You use the pen. The, the pen is mightier than the sword. You know, I mean, that's what you do. You beat them at their own game. That's talking you know? about speech and not politics, though. The pen exactly. being mightier than the, the sword. Behind you, and once the people see that these people are getting screwed over by their own government, they're going to stand up and say, look, whoa, hey, the, the Constitution says get out, you know. Well, I hope you're right, and I thank you for the call tonight, 800-259-9231. I hope people wake up and they realize what's being done to them. I don't yeah. think that – and thank you, sir, for the call tonight. Uh, I don't think that uh, – and by the way, I'm glad that he's not advocating some sort of violent solution because I think we can all agree that that's not going to result in any more freedom for, for anybody. 
but at the same time, I don't know if going and running candidates is you know going to be the the best way to it's working here change in New things. <laughs> well, I haven't seen it work yet. Well, we've got people in got people in the uh, legislature, right? But how's that civil disobedience stuff going? Well, it's I, I th- I've seen a lot of people get walk away without tickets. I've seen a lot of uh, you know I I mean I I uh, I've seen actual I've seen um, people having the courage to stand up to police, and I see real progress there. I I don't expect a lot from either side this early on. I have reasonable expectations. But I don't think you can call it a success to get people into office until they actually get us more liberty. Well, I so, don't think you're right. About I understand that. that. I, I don't mean, think you can call it a success to wa- for one person to walk away from a ticket unless everybody doesn't get the tickets. We've had well, a handful. Several, but what, handful. Are, what are you defining those people, as? Those people have not gotten the tickets, and don't forget that every one of them that it, it seems to me every one of them that that walks away, it seems more likely that they're going to crack down on free staters more. I mean, it might have been one thing if you if that's all you did inside the court system, but standing out in Central Square I and uh, with a with a blowhorn or whatever um, has uh, I mean you know. They did throw you in jail 93 days for having a couch on your lawn, well, too, right? Understand, I'm just saying that we the goal is more liberty. And if I'm saying I don't think politics will get that, and I'm then, not, all then I'm it's saying, not sufficient. I'm just saying that, that we you can't, have no more having evidence someone in office for civil disobedience not, than you do for politics, okay? I, I, like you that's have fine. a feeling. That's, that's, that's fine. All. Well, I, 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 that's fine. I'm just saying that it's it, we have to be clear on what our goals are. And if our goal is to get more liberty and... We're saying if I'm saying, you know, politics isn't going to get us there, having elected someone to that position is nothing more than that's just like a like that's, window dressing. That's like a ribbon. Yeah. You know, it, it is. It's it's until I see them actually get us more liberty then it. Then that's not proof of that. And politics if they can, is working great. Yet. If they can, then super. Oh, I'd love more, it. Yeah. More, I mean, more power to them. Whatever works. Yeah, um, I, I agree. At this point, things haven't happened. However, you know, I mean, at some point. I expect that that to work. And I don't. Well, think I'm just that pointing out. I'm just. I'm. I'm playing devil's advocate to you're saying that it's working in New Hampshire. Well, um, because it, it hasn't yet. Well, I'm just, <laughs> I didn't I'm say just civil disobedience, disobedience has. Right. I'm that's, saying that's politics all, hasn't. That's yet. That's all I got to say. <laughs> okay. And in regards to the civil disobedience or the non-cooperatives who have uh, gotten away with, for instance, not having to pay for car registration uh, violation or U-turn ticket or or speeding ticket, which is what we've seen just over the last uh, couple of years, is people have basically gone into court and said, well, I'm not going to cooperate. I'm not going to be your piggy bank. I'm not going to give you my hard-earned money uh, to support your system. You can do whatever you want to me. Uh, that has had some, I think it's had some positive effects in that those folks have gotten away with it. No, they haven't stopped enforcing the speeding laws as a result of it, but I don't think anybody believed that they would stop enforcing the speeding laws as a result of it. You More coming up. But, but, you, know, you can br- uh, bring up whatever you want. Man. This is Free Talk Live. This program is brought to you by Freekeen.com. Freekeen.com features audio, video, and blogs chronicling the transition to a voluntary society. Freekeen.com also has comments and discussion forums so you can be heard. Freekeen.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want. Toll-free number 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are totally free. So enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Dot com. Those features, by the way, include updates. You get signed up. We'll let you know whenever there's something you need to know about Free Talk Live. You know it first if you're on the updates list. Go to updates.freetalklive.com. 
Are you frustrated with the lack of freedom where you live? Like our last caller, he's pretty upset about that. Are you tired of the oppressive state intruding into the, uh, your business and personal life? If you knew that thousands of liberty-loving people were all moving to the same place and getting active, would you join them? You can. Join the Free State Project at freestateproject.org. That's freestateproject.org. I don't, uh, I, you know, we could continue and rehash the political versus apolitical discussion that we were having. And I think that I think that both sides are correct at this point. There's been very uh, slow progress on both ends. The politicos have won a couple of uh, elections and the uh, the apoliticals, you know, the market based activists and non-cooperatives have been successful at some of their non-cooperation. Uh, the point I might make in correction of what you said earlier, Mark, is that I wasn't thrown in jail for 93 days over the couch. It was three days for the couch, 90 days for contempt of court. So just point of uh, point of clarification. There. Yeah, well, it's it, it's the civil disobedience aspect of it that got you the 93 uh, days, right? It was uh, 90 days for contempt of court uh, because I was not going along with their little court situation. So I, is that considered civil disobedience? I, I guess. I, maybe it's more non-cooperation. The, the line between those two is kind of blurry for non-cooperating, me. Non-cooperating, disobeying, disobedience. Yeah. It's kind of the, kind of the same thing. Kind of the same, but I feel like there's, I feel like civil disobedience is more of a planned activity than than non-cooperation is. I feel like non-cooperation yeah, is something you do when they bring a fight to you. I could see that. I don't know, it's just just my yeah. feeling. Maybe you can uh, clarify. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's talk to Patrick in New Hampshire. You're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Patrick. Hey guys, I had a quick question. Um, yes, sir. Do you think the homesteading principle would be a good way to decide? Um, who is allowed to build on what's currently considered public property? I think that, yeah, public property is basically unowned. I mean, it's 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 not owned by anybody because it's owned by everybody, right? I mean, that's what they say. It's, it's an all, oxymoron. It's all of right. our property. Uh, so basically it's unowned property that is essentially being guarded over by a, ba- a band of men and women that are willing to hurt people that, that call themselves the government. They don't legitimately own that land. They're just kind of caretaking it and guarding over it because they've got guns and they're not afraid to use them to hurt you if you try to do something to the land that they disagree with. But it's not legitimate ownership in that they... You know, they didn't legitimately homestead it uh, because it was uh, purchased with stolen funds or the, you know, the money to steal, uh, the money to, to purchase it and up, uh, upkeep it was uh, was stolen. So I think that homesteading government property is, uh, I think it's completely legitimate, Dale, Mark. It, 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 I think it is. I don't know if it'll be effective because they're not going to let you do it, but I think it's moral. Well, um, yeah, perhaps moral. I don't know how that's. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it, is it silly? I think at this point, as far as homesteading, but I assume you're talking about somehow the government poof goes away, and then uh, people have the opportunity to homestead. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I'm saying. Um, let's say like the government sort of goes away or whatever. Let's just say I build a, a house in a, what's currently considered to be a public park. Would you condone the use of force to prevent me from building that house or not? What is currently considered? Uh, so, are you in a like Central Park here in Keene, for example? C- Central Square. Yeah, Central Square. Um, currently, like today, tomorrow, you start building. Yeah. Yeah, your house is I mean, gonna let, be ugly there, dude. But, <laughs> what'd you say? Your house is gonna be ugly. You didn't there. answer his question. Do you condone the use of force to stop him from building? Well, it's it's at this point that property is owned by the people of Keene, so therefore, in the poof going awayness of it that um that money that you know that property should be sold and then the money should be returned as best possible to the people of Keene. so yes i do contr- um, okay. condone force to prevent you from doing so 
You that, that's fascist. That's really interesting uh, it's, idea. The legitimity belongs that to, to the, problem, the taxpayers. I, no, it doesn't. Yes, I it don't, does. No, it doesn't. I think it's it's it's, it's kind of like the idea that the police work for the t- work for us. We say, oh, they work for us. No, they don't. That's kind of what we're made to believe. Try and fire them. Show up at the police department and fire them. <laughs> yes, they're stealing money from me and using it to pay the police. That doesn't mean the police work for me. Uh, yes, they stole right. money and used it to to purchase to make the Louisiana purchase. Uh, or borrowed money, or you know, and yeah, but that's and the Louis, that Louisiana doesn't make purchase this, doesn't exactly they don't own it, work. You know. uh, I mean, you know, essentially that was just bribe money to Napoleon in order to not get in a war for the incipient American colonies. I mean, there were still plenty of Indians on bribe land, money. And, they, and they slaughtered them all. It's all bribe money. When I mean, you when you buy something from the government, you're you're paying that they don't legitimately own it. You're paying them not to attack you for for living there. So you, when you pay your property taxes, that's bribe money. That's you know, you're paying a a a uh, what do they call it when the mafia protection fee you're yeah. paying a protection fee so that they do not attack you for living in your home that they pretend to own but mark you're saying you think that they should hurt patrick uh, because he wants to go build a, a little shack in central square in the park um what patrick needs to do is get it so that the uh to make it happen so that the the government decides to relinquish central square likely central square very valuable property that should be uh, that would w- want to be but you're, you by advocate the- hurting him Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. There's your answer, Patrick. Patrick, Straight I hope somebody the breaks the your fascist. leg if you, if you try to uh, build a house in the middle of Central Square. Okay, well, thanks for the, that information, guys. Thank you. Was that all you had? Thanks, Pat. Yeah. All right, thanks for the call. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Why would you do something like that, Mark? What's wrong with you? It doesn't belong to him. Well, it doesn't wait, belong I thought you said to it belongs the city to of Keene either, no, really. It belongs, it belongs to the, the taxpayers of the city of Keene, and so therefore... And he, he pays rent, that. so therefore he owns a piece of that park, so he should be able to go and build a house on it, right? Look, man, a house first come, on first Central serve. Square? You, no. First There's come, no first such serve. thing as public property. It's an oxymoron. Property... The definition of property is the ability to exclude others. Can you, can you let him others. finish his statement, please? The, he's made, the, he de- made a statement. No, no he didn't. Pu- public property. The definition of property is the ability to exclude others from the use of something. That's what property means. Public property is a complete oxymoron. Um, you can go out and play frisbee or you know play an instrument or read in that little park there. That park needs to be sold to somebody for some purpose. That's what needs to be done. Why would they? Return it everyone can use it. That implies that it is unowned. Hold on, Mark. How can you sell a park that is not legitimately owned by anyone? It's owned by the city. There is no such thing as the city. There are a group so of men say. and women. There are a group of men and women who call themselves the city, but they don't have legitimate ownership over that piece of land. Why not? Well, they're elected uh, of officials. Uh-huh. Are you saying the to city an organization council? that people willingly and unwillingly paid their taxes, and even the unwilling ones understood that those taxes were going to go to maintain a certain amount of public property, and I would think that the vast majority of them, like. of them would say, we don't want somebody building a house Mm -hmm. there. All of those people throughout the 300 or 400 years that Keene has been around would say the same thing. So, yes, by popular consensus of the people that have paid into that fund, willingly or unwillingly, yes, I support the use of force to keep him off um, that land in the same way that I keep him uh, support the use of force to keep him from building on your land. Because... That 99.9% to me is close enough to 100%, which would be what your choice would be if so you, you try to build a democracy. That legitimizes then. all of the. You, so do you? No, that, I don't. That yes, legitimizes mobocracy. Mob- okay, hold on just right a second. Uh, 
right, just one second. Now, you have said in the past that you think that it that you would support, uh, you know, some kind of action against somebody who shot a little girl for picking flowers on his property, right? Like blew her head off. Is that correct? Uh, it's sure. his property, or it is it, right? Well, he can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah, but he's okay. Hold on a second. You're saying that the little girl comes to comes on this man's property and he just bl- blasts her, doesn't she even give her flowers, man. doesn't she even give her a warning, vandalizing, doesn't even uh, warn her or anything like that. What no? difference does it make? Okay. No, he doesn't. So, it's his property or so, it isn't. Yeah, I think that something. I think that the uh, the members of the community have, would would uh, be, uh, I think, legitimized by taking action against him. Okay, well, yeah. but that's you support, something. You that's something democracy? that is a that would be a point of contention that would have to be resolved in order to avoid further violent conflict. That's the whole point of arbitration and things like that. Having a collectivist authority to resolve these things makes it very arbitrary and is completely illegitimate. Oh, I'm not saying that the court system couldn't get better. No doubt. But I'm only saying that you're just as much of a Democrat as I am. No, that's not the case at all. No, Eight, no, your your situation is completely different. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. You're talking about we're talking about the idea of public property, and we'll get that back one. into it here in moments. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can bring up whatever you want toll-free at 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. Uh, and if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that by becoming an amplifier for as little as 3 bucks a month. We take that money in, reinvest it into the show, getting out more radio stations around the country, bringing more Internet listeners on board, and helping expose new people to the ideas of freedom. Or at least that's what Dale and I are talking about tonight. Mark is uh, representing the, fra- uh, the fascist position, as he oh, tends yeah. to do from time to time. Now, Mark, you had suggested, and we're going to get back to the phone calls in a moment here, but uh, just to continue the conversation from the last segment, you had suggested that I was in favor of democracy. And I disagreed, and you pulled out an example. Well, you suggested the same to me. You were saying that, uh, yeah, you, you said that uh, our caller earlier... I don't earlier, think that the people that have paid into a system, stockholders, as it were, um, that those people making a vote is essentially... You know, it's not exactly the same thing as... Taxpayers. Essentially yeah. stockholders. Mm, well, where's extent. my stock? Well, How do I cash it in? I understand. Well, okay. uh, it's, it's a great question. However, you can't cash your stock in. It's a municipal corporation, but you can yeah. vote. All right, let's try and apply some rational thought to this. I understand. Like right now, if you look at the the square, it is made into a part. There's there's a statue. There's a gazebo. Right. There's this a could cannon, be anywhere. Sidewalks. But for it to maintain that kind of – if you want to exclude people from the use of something, i.e. keep someone from coming over and building on it or using it from some, for some other purpose than what it's intended to be used for – Somebody needs to own that. That needs to be an explicit arrangement of some sort. Maybe it would be. Maybe it does need to be a stockholder thing. Maybe someone. Maybe the city of Keene itself can be an organization that people can own shares in, and then have some say in what the parks are used for and who's allowed to use them or not. Whether they have to be charged an admission fee or if it's going to be free for everyone. And if you want to do that, and if you, I think at the city of Keene, we're trying to. This is a very hypothetical situation. I don't want anyone to get the idea. I think this is going to happen in the near future. But let's say the city of Keene wanted to make good. On all the people who had paid all these taxes, or, or rather had all these, these funds extracted from them under threat of violence if they didn't, if they were trying to make good and, and, and actually keep that park as it is and have it be a public park that's accessible to everyone, 
what I would see them doing is is maybe selling it to some chari- some organization. It could be a charitable organization. Maybe it could be something that people could own. Someone owns it and can and and controls it in some manner by shares or whatever. Then they could I could see them selling it and then taking those funds and distributing them back out on some proportional basis to say people who had paid property taxes for the last several years. Or and something once it like was that. sold in proportion or something, if it was sold, then it would be you know owned by somebody who could then legitimately say, okay, no more building houses on my exactly. on my property. That's the that's what property means. It means the ability to exclude someone else from the use of something. But I you could say or, or, or to dictate how someone used something. So if I want to say if I if I were the owner of that property or if I were maybe a, a large shareholder in that in the organization that owned that property and wanted to make sure it was kept use, in use as a public park and I wanted anyone to be able to come in and use it as long as they respected the property, then that's how you would do it. Well, if you now, want to- a, a corporation is different than a municipal corporation in, in some ways of the setup, right? Now, you wouldn't have a problem if every uh, property owner in the city of Keene owned a portion of a corporation and then decided that if Patrick decided to uh, build on that, that, that the, the corporation owned the property, and then if Patrick decided to build on the property of that corporation, that one little circular piece of land there um, in the park in central ta- center of town, that they would send thugs over there to uh, forcibly remove him from that property. You would have a problem with that, right? If it were legitimately owned, okay. I, I, so just as I wouldn't have a problem with someone right. kicking so someone off of their own property. What you have there is a, conten- a contention over what is a municipal corporation and what is its legitimate gro- role. I agree that it should not be extracting huge sums of money from people on an annual basis, and it has grown far too, way too far beyond its bounds. However, I do think that they have some um, legitimate role and... You know, I think that people, um, you know, of a, to a large extent, 99% of them would agree that that's a really great role that it currently has, like a little showpiece in the center of town. So what you're saying is, Mark, then, that you think that somebody should be stopped from building a shack on a piece of public land. But earlier this week, you seemed to be in favor of the idea of one of the, other, one of the activists in the area going and tilling that, that same land uh, and planting some seeds. If one can make seeds. a point with one's activism, and I, I'm still on the fence as to how I feel about the tilling of the land, right? Like I'm Me interested, too, actually. <laughs> interested and, and amused, right? But um, I'm not saying that I'm for it. I'm just saying if you can make a point on that public land that that's that, you know that's one of the purposes of public land is to you know be able to get out there and speak or you know make your opinion known if you're making the point that you know hey you want a co-op garden let's have a co-op garden come on um you know that makes a little more sense starting to build a shack and living there but but what if 99% of the people don't want the the garden there mark i'm not do you think that that garden's going to stay in I doubt it, but I'm just I'm just go. saying you said that if 99% of the people said that they did not want a shack on that same land, then they'd be legi- you know legitimate in in using force to stop him from building on what is allegedly public Civil land. Civil disobedience is the expectation that you're going to have force used against you, right? Not necessarily, but I mean there they, I think it does accept that possibility because you are disobeying and there are at least in theory, repercussions when you disobey people who claim to have authority over you. So, 
1-800-259-9231. Anyway, what I'd wanted to uh, say originally was that uh, you'd given an example of, well, you said, well, Ian, you support democracy. And I said, no, you gave an example of some old man who blasts a little girl for picking flowers on his property because I suggest that the neighbors, I think, legitimately would have something to say about uh, somebody violent like that uh, living in, in their neighborhood. I don't think that's a democratic situation in, in any way, shape, or form. It's that- a public consensus. If right. only one person felt that way, then they would be in the minority. Well, the only However, reason that public consensus matters is because if you're trying to get back, you're trying to get your, back in the good graces of people so that they will want to do business with you again and so you won't be ostracized. That's, it's not that the idea that the guy blows some little girl's head off, he's, he's done something that is, that is generally considered an, un, an excessive use of violence for that for the situation, an uncalled for use of violence, and he is now, and uh, uh, he's got people that have issues with him now. Maybe to the point of rep of of getting, uh, of trying to get some sort of use violence back against him. You know, use some sort do, get some sort of uh, resolution there. And the you idea think- is to go to some sort of arbitration in order to resolve the situation, what if in order to avoid out? violence, he's so that someone go. doesn't come. He so shot a little fam- girl for picking flowers well, that's on his the property. Well, no, that's exactly it. I mean, so that's going to take legitimate a- in building a fence around his property so that no little girls go back, go go wandering in. You know, he's- I think I, I I I think it comes down to if they decide to do that, who is going to come and like defend that man right. or break the fence it's a democratic, down probably it's not a, it's I mean, basically a democratic it's a public consensus which is something remarkably similar to democracy it is a notion of common law and um, yes now but, if they put the fence up how high can they put the fence up ian i guess it depends on who owns the property which property that they're putting the fence on well there you know so there's some somebody owns the roads i mean obviously there's just been a little girl killed you can get the road owner probably to to get on board the guy next door might have been his little girl who wandered in you know the the guy behind him the point is violence begets violence when you shoot the little girl's head off you are running you're running into the possibility of someone coming and getting revenge on you or something like that he is it's going to take some serious uh, uh sort of restitution it might even take him going to jail saying you know, all right, I will go to, you know, people who don't feel that they're safe around me, he might agree to go to jail so that no, he doesn't he end up getting killed. He's not going to uh, do that. He just shot a little girl for picking flowers on his lawn. Um, well, now, he's probably going to get killed Ian, then. <laughs> could this be, could this um, fence, could, not a fence, could it be a wall? I Sure, so man. If you built it Whatever. 30 feet tall, could you put a roof on it? As long as he hasn't homesteaded the air over top. Could you uh, suck all the air out of it? Like pump it full of nitrogen or <laughs> something? Know. You know, uh, methane gas? That might be a property rights violation. I, I'm not sure. Well, I, you know, if you could put anyway, a roof on this it, is nothing dem- can grow. None of this stu- stuff you're talking about, the absurdities you're talking about, have anything to do with democracy at all. What you're talking about is a, 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 a violation of somebody's uh, right to life and how the marketplace could possibly deal with that. And you're, of course, coming up with, as usual, all kinds of absurdities uh, to throw out there. But Look, none of this has world, anything to do with democracy. Nothing is more absurd than the real world, man. I, I, I think he, the point is it's always... It's always going. It's always going. I don't know how the the free market would resolve it, but the point is that the state solution doesn't resolve it. How is the free market going to resolve in a a, non-arbitrary fashion? How is the free market going to resolve a piece of land owned by a large group of people in the center of town if somebody decides to put a a shack on it? They're going to send people. Armed men, but that's just it, to Mark. Kick him off. Nobody owns that piece of land today. In your little fantasy, you're saying somebody owns it today. Nobody owns it. It is unowned property that is uh, occupied by men with guns. Okay, 
That's it's, the difference between what you're talking it's about. It's really not occupied. It's guarded in some way. Um, the men with guns will come to that piece of property. I, I see where you're coming from. There, there's there's some, some legitimacy to that. However, public property in the sense of a park or something like that, you just can't go in and homestead that. No. You should be able to. It's not Why? anybody's property because it's yours. It is not yours. That's what they say. They say it's yours, but they also say it's nobody's. And if it's nobody's, then you should be able to homestead it. There's some, there's cognitive dissonance that they ought to be feeling about this notion of public property, and that's the entire point of it. Anyway, hour two's coming up. We've been making our callers wait. We're going to get to you. If you're on the line, we'll talk to you about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney. Finalized the contract in London and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching into hour number two of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. Just dial in at 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. We go right into your phone calls about whatever you want. Let's start with John in Arizona. John, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, Ian, Dale, and Mark the Fascist. How are you doing today? (laughs) Doing great. Great. What's on your mind? Yeah, thanks for taking my call. Well, you were talking about the Constitution a while back and uh, referenced this uh, article from Strike the Root. Uh, I haven't read that, but uh, the article indicated that uh, the Constitution was actually a status document. Sure. Well, um, you know, Patrick Henry, I think he was invited to the Constitutional Convention, and he uh, decided not to sign off on it because he said... uh, he smelled a rat, and uh, I concur with that. I mean, the Constitution was made by rats, and it was for rats. But I uh, wanted to know what you thought about the uh, the Declaration of Independence. It's a good question. It's a rhetorical document that uh, clearly uh, you know, they, they didn't uh, they didn't really mean. Dale, your thoughts? Declaration? I, I like yeah, I like the idea. It's a lot nicer than the Constitution. I like. For sure. I, I just wish it had been. It's a very good idea, and. Uh, it's the kind of thing we should be doing on an individual basis now. We should be declaring our personal independence. Well, I actually have a declaration of uh, separation here to share if we get a chance tonight. It's sort of an updated uh, version for the voluntarists among us, those who are looking to move toward a more uh, consensual base, uh, consent-based society. So maybe we'll get to share that tonight. Uh, any thoughts from you on that, caller? Well, yeah, actually, uh, because what the, my interpretation of it, I mean, I can see it as just, full of statist, uh, statist propaganda. Even the it's Declaration of Independence? Correct. Okay. You know, you had a previous caller who was talking about overthrowing the, the government, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that's counterproductive. Uh, violence begets violence. It actually would increase, in practice, it would increase tyranny. 
But that's in the Declaration of Independence. Now, why did they put that in there? Why did they say, uh, what was it exactly they said, uh, to uh, alter or abolish it? And why didn't they say to peacefully withdraw from it? Good question. Well, yeah, I think the the previous caller, I believe he said, well, before Patrick, I mean, believe he said that we could institute a new government, replace the government, and what if, in fact, which I, which obviously that's would be a mistake, too, though, right? that I would mean, just be a mistake instead of be one thing to get rid of the government, and right. uh, when you when you when you talk about instituting a new one, what you're doing is once again creating a one size fits all government that that we we have no choice but to be a part of yeah and you're talking right, about you and even it. in even in the situation that mark brought up about the guy shooting the little girl odds are that man is operating under some legitimate laws because he probably will have signed on to some sort of protection agency he doesn't want to do everything on his own and they're probably going to expect him to agree to certain rules of behavior and one of them is don't shoot people for no reason you know so um it's just the. It's just. Are we going to have? Are we going to have voluntary government, or are we going to have this this tyranny, uh, where we are ruled by criminals? But if it, you look at the very first thing the con, that the that the Constitution gives Congress the power to do, it's to lay and collect taxes, i.e., giving government the power to steal, and and that is really the problem with municipal corporations, and where you and I would agree is that you know municipal corporations fund themselves through forcing people to give them money, and that's the problem. I don't think the problem is right. with, a, with a, a group of people owning some land. The no, problem no. is what you know th- them taking the money. And that, exactly. It's, what the, it's the situation right now. The city of Keene is a criminal organization as it, as it behaves right now. John, any other thoughts? Yeah, well, you know, the declaration is just chock full of these things. You know, institute another government concept, the status notion that's introducing it, the... Uh, sort of hiding it in there. If you begin, you know, when in the course of human events it becomes necessary, that's that's concept number one, to dissolve political bands, that's another concept of status. Uh, there's a lot of mumbo-jumbo in there, but then uh, decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that we tell you what we're going to do, basically. This is more status propaganda. Uh, thank you for the call and the observations tonight. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. Uh, we continue here. Let's talk to Matt in Illinois on the amp line. Hello, Matt. Hey, guys. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? A uh, couple of stories about roads that have come up lately that shows just how ineffective the state is at taking care of roads. Okay. In Hawaii, in December, there was some storm, storms in Kauai, the island of Kauai. Mm-hmm. And uh, a road was washed out, an access road to a state park. Well, there's some businesses that need that road to survive. Mm. The the road repairs were going to cost $4 million. The state didn't have the funds. So the businessmen of the area got together and fixed the road at no cost to the taxpayers. That's pretty great. What did they end up paying? Do you have any idea? I mean, if the... Uh, if the government cited the cost at $4 million, do we know what the businessmen ended up getting it for, uh, done for? Well, according to the article, and this is a CNN article, it was done for free. Basically, what? the businesses supplied the, the materials, and the, uh, peop- the labor was voluntary. Wow. And uh, the equipment was also supplied by uh, the local businesses. Huh. They happened to have the equipment already. So... 
you know, I, I guess you could probably figure a price, you know, what all this would have cost, but basically it was done for at least no cost to the taxpayer. I don't know how much it actually cost the business. That's, right. that's, a, that's a question that's not answered in the article. I'm looking at a picture here of this uh, of this bridge. Maybe it's not the full bridge, but it's not a big. I mean, this is not a huge structure. This is relatively. I mean, you can you can fit the uh, like a, a construction vehicle on this bridge, and there's not much else you can fit on it. It is not a very large uh, bridge at all. Uh, so it's whatever they spent on it, just based on the cost of the materials and if the if the construction company lent out their tools and they didn't charge anything for that just on the the raw cost of the materials there's no way that's going to come close to 4 million dollars right and and it was also you know in the article it was stated that it was going to take them 2 years to repair that and i'm looking at that <laughs> same picture and to me i'm going why would it take 2 years they did it in 8 days 8 days wow 8 days not 2 years so that Wait just, a minute, Matt. We know, need the government. We just we can't rely. This may be one example of how the marketplace can handle hand, uh, taking care of the roads. But look, we need the government to do these things. I've got another another okay. story out of Chicago, where I I live near Chicago. Mm-hmm. They were getting the people of Chicago, basic citizens of Chicago, were getting tired of waiting for potholes to be fixed. So they got out there, and they started to fix them themselves. Mm. And Mayor Daly came on the radio. uh, He was on the radio yesterday uh, on the local channels. I don't know if this was nationwide at all. It was on the local channels. uh, WIND carried it. And he said, you can't be doing this, you people. Mm -hmm. This is dangerous for you to be out in the streets. (laughs) You might get hit by cars. You might be. You can't do this. You have to wait for the government to do this. There is so much of what (laughs) they have to. They have to convince us that we're incompetent little children. That we 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 need them so badly. That's that's how I feel. That's I I feel it. Has anybody been arrested yet up there, Matt? Has any any of the uh, the pothole fillers have they gone to jail yet? No, not that I'm aware of. Um, It hasn't gotten that far yet, but it just goes to show that people are able to, on a private basis, take care of the roads. Yep. You don't have to have this government organization doing it. And in fact, the, the government organization might actually be holding back progress. Oh, absolutely. It, it absolutely they are. And you know what? Environmentalists should be upset that governments are subsidizing roads because we might have alternative uh, alternative forms of transportation are being impeded by the fact that roads are so heavily subsidized it's just like the the fact that the oil companies are so you know are effectively so heavily subsidized with the wars and things like that and that's impeding alternative forms of energy from being explored because that money is being used for other purposes matt i want to thank you for bringing those stories up tonight because it's a perfect example of how it is that people on their own volition can take care of these things. In this case, this road was not owned by anybody. You would think that nobody really had an incentive to take care of it, but turns out people did have an incentive, and they took care of it. And they did it cheap, and they did it effectively, and they did it quickly. Can government say that? It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features are totally free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. 
Com and the features include the bulletin board system. We've got over 450,000 posts. There's a lot to talk about from serious issues to fun stuff. You'll find it all free at bbs.freetalklive.com. That's bbs.freetalklive.com. If you have a company that needs to try something new in the area of collections, SACL CAI does collections, early out billing, and they purchase charged off receivables. SACL is the uh, number one uh, sponsor of Free Talk Live, and the principal over there, Jason Osborne, is a huge advocate for liberty. Please, if you've got a business, consider turning over your accounts receivable to SACL CAI. They'll make it a lot easier for you. Their banner is at freetalklive.com. It's the top one on the right-hand side. We'll talk a little bit more about the uh, the government and just how awful they are at roads and where we can go from uh, where we're at today and how we can get to a more market-based road situation. What Matt called in about a few moments ago uh, from Illinois was to point out a couple of stories about how it is that people decided to take matters into their own hands, much to the chagrin of their local government officials. Uh, In his case, he talked about a a story out of Chicago where the mayor got on the radio to plead with people to stop repairing the streets on their own because it could be dangerous in the streets. Uh, So he was pleading. (laughs) It's it's dangerous to put, well, concrete or cold, cold seal or whatever down. So, uh, so that really, what the danger is, and, and I think Dale pointed this out well, the danger is that if people see that they don't need the government to handle these things, if people can observe that their neighbors are doing a better job at repairing the roads than the government does, then that'll be, you know, one more chip uh, chipping away at the armor of the legitimacy of the state. And that's dangerous to the state. That's where the real danger lies, is to their legitimacy, not to the guy that's slinging tar out in the road. They're uh, a bundle of illusions, and those illusions, that's their greatest strength, is more than their guns. So, well, I think that, uh, you know, it, it does seem to me that if you were to leave the roads just as sort of this unowned thing in a world without a government, um, that perhaps people would let them fall into disrepair in some locations, and they wouldn't be repaired. And some and, they wouldn't. And some they wouldn't. And yeah. uh, you know, that's what people's concern is, is that roads wouldn't be repaired. However, if uh, ro- it seems to me, and I'm not, I'm not advocating that we, you know, <laughs> that we go to a, an area where, you know, a, a, a paradigm where, um, you know, roads were taken care of by, you know, private individuals everywhere or anything like that. I'm just saying that it seems to me that if you were sold roads, that uh, the road owner would take care of it. Well, I don't know why you wouldn't advocate that, Mark. I know you're afraid to uh, to, to venture into that territory because what people might think. It's scary. But That's you're why. getting more and more evidence on the side of the marketplace oh, handling these things. Private roads everywhere, man. Every every state has private right. roads. California has private freeways, but, but and now they're doing have, great. But now you have an example of uh, not, this is not a private road. These stories that Matt just gave us were not private roads. Understood. They're they don't even roads. own it, and the businesses had such an interest in right. that road working that. They spent money to fix it. So, yes, I agree with you that private road ownership would guarantee that it would be probably pretty well taken care of, especially in business areas. If, if it's a private road out in the middle of nowhere, then it's not going to matter if it's gravel or, or sand or whatever. Uh, it's not going to really matter that much. But in a more trafficked area, certainly the businesses will have an incentive in, in handling that. But what we're pointing out now is that even if it's unowned, even if it's just the unowned road, uh, the, the business owners have an incentive to get it done. And in Hawaii, they did a, a, a smash-up job. I mean, they they took what the government claimed was going to be a $4 million two-year project, knocked it out in eight days, and did it for the cost of the, the parts, basically. That's humiliating for the government and, makes, and brings warmth to my heart. It's an <laughs> awesome story. And uh, what I wanted to point out about this, though, is that... 
th- th- there's a frustrating point uh, part about this for me. And that is that since we're in this transitory phase, we're maybe just barely even on the cusp of the beginning of a transitory phase toward a voluntary society. The crappy part about this is that, sure, these guys might be showing up the government like, OK, we saved all this. Mo- we saved all this money and we got the job done and we did it well. And look, the government sucks. They're awful at doing this road stuff. But the problem is, even if all of a sudden you started, even if there was a private road gang that sprang up and started going around and, and when I say gang, I mean a group of people fixing the road. So this private road group goes around and starts fixing all of the problems with the roads that the government has just, you know, they just, they just suck at what they do. And so there's potholes everywhere and they're going around filling the potholes and they're fixing the bridges and they're going around doing all this great work and they're getting a claim for it. And, you know, newspaper articles are being written, radio talk shows talking about all of the wonderful things these, this group of people are doing for the roads. And they could solicit for contributions and things like that. That and they could bring money in and they can use that money to buy some more tar and some asphalt or whatever and go and, and fund their activities and really fix up the roads, which would be great. I mean, that would be good in that the roads would be the, – the problem with the roads would be partially solved at that point because they, then at least they'd be drivable unlike the pothole, uh, pothole crap roads that we have to deal with from the government. But the the issue there is that – as much as I might appreciate them as a homeowner or in a, somebody who lives in the area, as much as I might appreciate that private road group going around making those repairs, and I might voluntarily contribute to them, ideally what would be nice is if I could take my X hundred dollars that you know, I pay $5,000 a year in taxes here in Keene, New Hampshire on, pro- on the property that I own, I imagine a, a few hundred of that is going to the road, the government road crew, which is not doing a good job. So I'd like to take those few hundred dollars that I was being uh, given to the government people and give it to the private guys that are doing a better job of it because they're getting the job done. But I can't because if I do that, then I'm non-payment of property taxes and I mean, even if I were to pay 90% of the property tax bill, they'd still come after my house and they'd still steal yes. my house from me for that. So we're, even if there's a really effective private road company out there doing all of these repairs, the amount of money they're going to be able to get in contributions is limited because people only have so much money to throw around. And a significant chunk of that is being stolen by the government. And most people aren't willing to say to the government, well, you know what, I'm going to only cut you a check for 90% this year because... Because you guys are doing a crap job on the roads and that private group is doing a better job. I'm going to give them the money. You can't do that because they'll steal your home from you. So at some point, I don't know when it's going to be, but some point we're going to have to cross that bridge uh, and people are going to have to stop. They're going to have to defund the state. I don't know when that's going to happen. It's you know maybe 30 years down the line. I agree that that's the that's that's what needs to happen. But it's frustrating. Yeah, it's very frustrating. The nice thing about market-driven roads is that you would actually have roads reflective of the demand. So, for instance, if you lived in a really high population area, if you were in a city, you could probably have a much smaller cost for roads because you could share that cost with your neighbors. For instance, if you had a, a private road that led into your neighborhood and for access that you and your neighbors use and your guests and people who are in that, you would pro- those people would probably own that road. They could either have a collective that owns the road, like an, a homeowners association, or they could own a portion of the road each themselves and contract with someone and split the cost to fix that road, and it would be relatively inexpensive compared to someone who wanted to live on a big plot of land out in the rural mm-hmm. area. Someone who's out in a big plot of land in a rural area and is probably wealthy 
should have to incur the cost of a, of a road going out there, or else Not they my might. Responsibility. Or, or they might decide, you know, let's just have a dirt road and have more all-terrain type vehicles. Well, that it, might be a more cost-effective solution, for instance. Let's, you know let's not forget that there are roads already to most of the places that people want to go. Obviously, they'd have to pay to, uh, you know, for new roads, but most roads are taken care of to some extent or another, and so sure. they're, they're passable. And it will be for 100 years. 1-800-259-9231. You can bring up whatever you want. If you got any ideas on how to get from where we are to where we want to be with the road situation, you're welcome to share those or bring up anything. This is Free Talk Live. Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free. But if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in and bring up anything. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. It is Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us on uh, online at freetalklive.com. All the features are free. We've got archives going back for an entire year. Totally free on the front page of the website. Download, enjoy on us at freetalklive.com. Are you thinking of starting a business? Here's a word to the wise. Incorporate at LegalZoom.com. Incorporation can help protect you against frivolous lawsuits that could wipe you out. LegalZoom.com is fast and easy. They do all sorts of legal documents, patents, wills, trademarks, LLCs. Use code FTL to save $10 off your order. It's LegalZoom.com. We continue with your phone calls. Matt, or not Matt, rather, Ken is on the line in Massachusetts. Ken, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, great. What's on your mind, Ken? Um, I was actually thinking about uh, you guys have been doing a lot of stuff on the privatization of roads. You haven't really touched on uh, the public utilities associated with them, uh, water lines, gas provi- provisions for uh, especially inner cities and stuff like that. It's a good question, and uh, it's a tricky issue. I'd, I don't really know how all of that can play out. I mean, when we talk about privatizing roads or marketizing the roads, I, th- I like the idea of essentially ceding the road ownership to the owners of the adjacent properties, the properties that are abutting the roads, essentially granting them ownership of that those chunks of the roads. And, then and they the get... poles and the power will be you know, right there when, when it's ceded. So wait, you're, you're saying there's... that they should get the pole and the the portion of the lines? What else would it be? Well, I know that's that's the, kind of the tricky part, right? Because well, then I mean, somebody else's you... property running across that land, and then um, that person can pay rent or whatever on the uh, on, on that property. But it would seem to me that the uh, yeah, the pole who, who's the pole owned by? Is it owned by the power company? Sometimes which it's has owned the, by the power the wires company. up on top. Well, what, then why is the power company uh, letting the phone company on there? Maybe they're paying rent. I'm, I'm not sure. It sounds like they're. I, I honestly don't know. I think that um, there's already a problem right now, and this is. Uh, I guess you could attribute this to a government problem: the fact that we have these massive power grids and things like that, where the entire grid, if some little problem happens, you have the entire northeast, <laughs> no power. And I think that there's uh, there's some benefit to being able to connect grids. Obviously, I I I like the idea of of having connections where you could transfer power, but it would be, you know, I think if it were more. Uh, what's the word? Compartmentalized or, you know, just smaller modular, grids, so more, smaller more, grids more that power, you could connect if you needed to. More power generating areas where you're not relying on one central. Yeah. And source. technology should be going in the, that direction already now, anyway, where we could have 
you know, smaller power, more power generated on smaller scale. But this isn't answering his question. It's not answering his question about, okay, let's let's focus on the water. Okay, right here where we live in Keene, New Hampshire, the city government provides the water and the sewer services to the houses. So. And and to the to their credit, it's billed separately. You know, that's it's one of the those city services that you actually pay for what you use, which sure they get, to arbit- they get to arbitrarily raise the prices whenever they want to. Uh, but it's it's certainly the uh, one of the better government bureaucracies. But your question, as I understand it, uh, Ken, and if I'm misunderstanding, please clarify. But your question is, how do you separate? How do you marketize that? Right? Isn't that your question? Um, sort of. It's also kind of you have the removal of capitalism from the system because you don't want triplication of lines run and well if the market like demands that why not i don't know that it necessarily yeah, what, would but what difference would it make if there were two telephone company lines on the uh, pole three four there's plenty of room up there yeah, there is so but 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 the question i have to and, and i've never really come up with a good answer for this one and I'm, you know let's open it up for discussion anybody that wants to call in and give their vision uh 1-800-259-9231 if we're saying that the best thing to do with the roads is to cede ownership of the roads to the abutting property owners does that make sense in the same way for a uh, tube that is carrying water does that make sense I no i think my I, point is relevant though because i think that that the modern modern technology and being you know not having this single infrastructure that's sub- subsidized and perpetuated for decades we might have better uh with a market controlling those things and providing those things we might have more options we i agree have, with you you know but how so, do we and, get there from here like what we have now is i mean in theory what you're saying is right and we okay. should have that but Fair what we enough. have now is these existing uh, power power lines, and we have these existing water lines that are running. And uh, in the case of the power lines, they're owned by the power company. In the case of the water lines, they're owned by the city. In the case of the cable company, they're owned by the cable company. Do I mean, it wouldn't make sense to cede that section of the power line to the no, homeowner. absolutely not. So, And it wouldn't make sense if, to cede that section of the water pipe to the homeowner No, if either. they own it, it's theirs. You can't just cede it over. I mean, it belongs to someone else. Yeah, at the same time, the business that installed it paid for that investment, too. Right, so they they had the expectation that that would continue on for a period of time. But the deal that they have is with the city government, right? So that the uh, the franchise fee that they have in order that they pay in order to be on those poles mm-hmm. in this in the city, I guess. Yeah. Is, right, that's it's, a fran- it's called a franchise fee. It's usually it works similarly uh, in, around the country, but usually they pay for the, uh, the the right to have their services on those on those poles. So if you are to go ahead and make uh, all the property private, then the phone company still – does the phone company still own those poles? Or is it – since it's your property and you never had an agreement with the phone company, can you just go right out there and brrr, take a chainsaw to the, uh, the the pole out in front of your house and, and knock it down? I mean, hey, this is my property. I don't want this here anymore. You think that uh, getting you know shooting a little girl for picking flowers on your property is going to make enemies of your neighbor try knocking out their power? Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just asking the question, right? I mean, There's is, probably easements in place now for those things so that the government – you know, if, if it's not – if it's already on government property, then it's going to be. It, it might be on the what, what is now the road property, and if in, in such case, that could also be sold to whoever's maintaining the roads. And so you as think, that, or to someone ahead. else, caller? Oh, I was going to say, as I understand it, the um, especially for power companies, they own the small block of land around the pole, but they don't own the land that the line runs above. That's correct. 
If they don't, then whoever does, they probably have an easement for it, which is a, basically a contractual agreement to be to have. The contract this. is with the state, and the state doesn't. I mean, we're talking about how do we get from where we are to a. Well, that's uh, more the same situation. problem with the roads, though, isn't it? Uh, if you have a. Uh, it's the same problem as if you have roads that are owned by the state, the city or the state right now, then those have to be redistributed in some way. Why not the same with the other things? And if there's an easement right now with the city, can that easement not be rearranged? I just don't. I I don't know. Maybe maybe it could be, and this is why I'm saying I don't have a real good answer for this one because it's, or, it's or, trickier. Or, like you said, the lines might be going over private property, and there might be an easement for that. So. Well, one could make the point that as far as homesteading the air is concerned, if you don't have any – if they're already there, so they've already homesteaded that particular area of existence, right? The, the lines are there. The the poles are there. They've already homesteaded that, right? So uh, – and, and you don't own those poles. You don't own the poles. You don't own what's on the poles. So you would just have to basically – I guess you'd have to just sell the water system to some private entity. You'd have to sell off uh, – I, the power company owns the poles. They would still continue owning the poles. And you have to look at this on a case by case basis. I mean, local local people would need to resolve these things locally. I I, sure. I mean, that's. I, I'm just trying to come up with some ideas as to how it uh, how it might work. And I, am I, are we even addressing what it was that you brought up, Ken? Uh, yeah, it, it's a tricky one. I've been trying to work it out for a little while now, and I can't come up with some practical solution to it. I can. So. What's that, Mark? Let the government keep the roads and, and ignore this question which hangs up libertarians. And uh, <laughs> We're not arguing and, about and the roads. We're not talking yeah, about sure, the roads You're here. talking about the right of way, which is the same thing. No, we're talking about the, uh, the, the, the power lines and, and where the water. Are they? I, I, all over the On place. On the right of way. Okay. Well, uh, that, no, we're talking about the, the actual carrying structures that deliver these services to people's homes. And I uh, thank you for the call tonight, Ken. I'm glad you brought that up because it's not an easy answer. I think you. I mean, the people have the choice. They can, especially with as modern technologies uh, become available, to be more off the grid. I mean, it's possible now. It's more expensive, but if we had more money, if we had less subsidizing of all these infrastructures, off the grid might become more of an option. The technologies that are already there and new technologies might be developed, and it might come to the point where you either have to resolve this with some entity. For that service, or you decide to do an alternative, maybe drill your own well or build your own um, septic instead of using sewer and so forth. 1-800-259-9231. You bring up whatever you want, your ideas on this or anything. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in, bring up whatever you want, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. You can join us on our website. Freetalklive.com is the place to go, and all the features are completely free. Now, if you like the show, you want to help support Free Talk Live, you can do that. Just shop with us at amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter through that link, uh, Free Talk Live will get a percentage of your purchase. So whatever it is you need to buy, dozens of, category, dozens of categories in which you can shop, including used items, Shop through Amazon.FreeTalkLive.com, and Free Talk Live gets a percentage. So we continue here, uh, taking your phone calls about what you want. We'll talk to Tony, who is on the amp line. Tony, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, how are you guys doing this evening? Just super, Tony. What's on your mind? Yeah, I wanted to talk about uh, 
What, you know what you were just discussing with the right of way and stuff? Yeah. Um, How to transfer a, from where we are to where we want to go, more voluntary society. Yeah. No, I I would just – I'm a civil engineer, so I, I kind of work with this stuff pretty frequently. Okay, great. And the, the, the way it works now is, you know, the, the power company, they just own the pole. They don't own anything else, but – They don't own they their lines? The, well – not necessarily. They can. They, there could be multiple power, television, you know, all different kinds of lines. Right, but they would own the it. lines, right? I mean, if they own the power lines, I mean, don't they own the actual lines that carry the power too? Yes. Okay. But I think he means not necessarily the land one, to go over. You may have one company own the pole and own a line on it and then have multiple other companies using that pole for their use as well. Now, are those other companies paying and, rent to the power company if the power company owns a pole? Yes. Okay. And what happens, they lease it. And what right. the power company does is they lease the right to put their pole in the right-of-way. And it's the same thing with gas lines and things like that. They, they lease the right to have that gas line run through the right-of-way. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I could very easily see that work in a free market where you would have the owner would essentially collect royalties on, you know, whatever power poles or things like that are that, <clears throat> that are on his property. It seems like it, and, you know, in the vast majority of cases that would be so. What I fear is uh, some guy who says, we should all be off the grid. We should be get- making our power through hydropower, wind power, solar power. I'm against these lines and goes out with a uh, with his, uh, you know, Husqvarna ch- chainsaw and takes that that darn pole right off his land. I'm not written to these people anymore. You know, that guy scares me. <laughs> yeah, but then you do have adjacent property owners that may say, hey, I'll gladly take your poll, you know, and they'll maybe then because they have to go around, you know, the the, the power company or whoever may pay more more to go around, but yeah, he, they'd have uh, to I, go I, around, but at the in the meantime, for a period of time, this guy takes people's power out, and that's going to be that's going to cause a problem. Do you really and think when, he's going to do that? I mean, yes, I I, I absolutely <laughs> do. You 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 find me ten thousand people, and in those ten thousand people, I will find you one nut who says, "Okay, one in ten thousand. That's, that's all that it takes to put power out at your house. One tree falls on a line. This is the problem: is this serial um, continuous thing that we have that's called a power line out there. It delivers power from the power company to your house." via one single direction, you know, one long line. If you're the guy at the end of the pole, uh, then, you know, you're... Well, I kind of want to know why... How, what, mm, I'm kind of surprised it's not already happening. I mean, they could get away with it. What? You know. There was a story a while back about some guy <laughs> that did that. Wouldn't be, yeah. At that point. As you wouldn't be in oh. the right. And well, once you talk about the guy who's be, in the who right... Who says you'd be in the right then? I mean, if you're in a transitionary period... That's not going to be considered in the right then if you're going to take out everybody else's power in the process of doing that. Well, it's it, well. Wait a minute. Isn't the, it going to be? Didn't we just talk about this in detail to where that pole is owned by the power company? So if he goes and cuts down the pole owned by the power company, which is already on the property that he bought, uh, then he's a, that's a property rights violation against the power company, and they've got an actionable case against him. So the, I, that yeah. would be. That would be solved. I don't think that people are out seeking conflict. I think they would pr- try to resolve the conflict, and the power company would want to resolve the conflict as well if there's someone that's 
really that upset about a pole being on their property before 10,000 people lose power. But here is because the... of this one guy who everyone is going right. to hate, and he knows it. Right, I think, I think that's... <laughs> I think, it's, 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 it's really painting a yeah. really, re, like, an absurd picture well, you have of what to go to the the people, expectations of people. You have to go to the absurd to even, to even take a, a decent swipe at the free market system. But as long as those power poles stay owned by the power company, anything done to them is, you know, vandalism, and that's an actionable case, right? Yeah. Take them to arbitration and take care of it. But... Tony, what I wanted to talk about here is how you suggested that the property owners with the poles on them, which are a hell of a lot. I mean, there are a lot of darn poles out there. Would then, in your view, have to negotiate with the power company to rent to them uh, the, the, the space for their poles? That seems – I mean, I'm sure the marketplace could make that happen. But for, for me, looking at it from an outsider's perspective, and maybe you can address this, that seems pretty difficult. Like, you, all, you're going to transition over? to where now the power company has to go house by house to every house that has a pole in it and and essentially renegotiate a a rental term with each one of those folks? Doesn't that seem a little, well, well, complicated? uh, Yeah, I I agree. But, uh, I mean, uh, I'm just explaining the way it's done now as far as the cities or the municipality is concerned. Well, right, they're sent there... there's, the municipality is renting the right for them to be on all of those poles, right? The municipality is basically saying, okay, you pay us X amount of thousands yeah. of dollars per year, and we'll allow you to do business. So absent the municipality, they could save that cost, and they could pass those savings on to the consumers. I don't know if it makes much sense to say, well, now you have to go around to each house that has this pole in the yard and negotiate a, a rental fee from all of those folks. That seems really difficult. Tony? Well, I guess the other option would be to have, uh, you know, if if you did have a road maintaining agency that were to purchase all the roads, then they could handle that, you know. Then you would just have the, well, you know, assuming there would only be a handful of road maintaining agencies, then they would only need to contract, you know, with, with each, uh, you know, each utility who's, who's in their, on their land. But, yeah, I... It's it's not perfect. Nope. But, uh, well, and keep in mind too that all these people want power, and in a transitionary period, that's pretty much their choice until they have chance, a chance to explore alternatives. Then then right now they've got they they want power from this power company, so the power company has a you know a good bargaining chip. <laughs> Tony, any other right. thoughts for us tonight? Thanks for the call. Appreciate the expertise. 800-259-9231. So having chewed on this over the past half an hour as we've been discussing it, it seems to me, and I'd like you guys to agree, disagree, whatever, but uh, it seems to me that the most understandable situation, at least for me, on how to get from where we are today, which is government control of these uh, these matters to complete market control of these matters, would be to cede the roads to the owners abutting the property, cede that section of the road to those owners, let them decide what to do with that section of the road. Maybe they want to sell it to a road manager. Maybe they want to take care of it themselves. Whatever. That's their business. As far as the utilities are concerned, the power poles, if they're owned by the power company, should stay owned by the power company. It's their property. They they essentially have it homesteaded on your land, so you as the property owner don't really have much to say about what goes on on that pole because it's not your property. Of course, they may have to access your property in order to get to the pole, so that gets a little sticky, right? But as far as the ownership is concerned, it's still the power company's I, I would like to make one pole. small point. Is um, In fact, the property to the center of the road is yours, 
you just have to, have to yield the right-of-way, basically, to the state. The state doesn't actually own the property to the center of the road. You do. It's just they've really? taken it from you. Yeah. I, well, my, my deed says that. Wow. I think that varies. I think in some places the road itself is actually owned. But now sometimes this, there's uh, – like you, sometimes you, don't even, you, you might only own up to the sidewalk – uh, and sometimes there'll be an easement that's you probably don't have any choice well, in the matter of with the city. You, don't, you can't do anything uh, with the property that you own because the city has taken it from you for yeah. for right of way purposes. But you know, so so cede the roads to the the homeowners. Uh, allow the property the property owner, if it's the power company, to continue owning their pole and continue you know renting it out. They'd save some money because they wouldn't have to pay the franchise fee anymore to the the locality. And they could pass that savings on to the customers. I think that would be the best way to uh, to get from here to there. Let's continue here and talk to, I believe we have Mike listening to WINS in Michigan City. Mike, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, well, you guys just kind of brought up the point I was going to. Around here, it's from the middle of the street, whether it's to the left 50 feet, 30 feet, you know, makes the road 50 feet wide or whatever. Mm-hmm. The government basically controls that. Right. Basic. I mean, whether you might think you own it, where that pole is is really not yours. Well, yeah, it might say on your deed, but they actually control it. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, if you can't do anything with what you own, do you really own it? Well, that exactly. Well, I mean, we can go into the whole property tax thing. And, right. You <laughs> yeah, don't own the rest you know, of your house either, really. Which we've done so many times. I don't know if you had more. If you have more, hang on. We'll come back to you. Hour three is coming up. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. If you're on the lines, we will get to your calls about whatever you want. This is Free Talk Live, 1-800-259-9231. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supply, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We are launching an hour three of the program. You can bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll-free line. 800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site, totally free. freetalklive.com. You wouldn't think that roads... And public infrastructure was a real hot topic, but apparently it is. People want to talk about this stuff. <laughs> Libertarians so, love talking about roads. Uh, so we continue here, and you can bring up whatever you want. I think we uh, we lost Mike. Yeah, Mike is gone, so we're going to continue with your phone calls, and we'll talk to Alex in New Jersey on the amp line. Hello, Alex. Hey, Mark. Uh, is it just me, or does Ian not like me very much? What does I, that mean? I think you're you're absolutely making that up in your end. Why would I? Why would you get that impression? No, I just I've been on hold for like an hour and twenty three ah. minutes, and I was on the amp line before that other guy was on the amp line. That's all. You were on the amp line before what other guy? How would you know who was on? How how you were on before someone else? There's a little woman that goes on, and uh, it says you are first in line. Oh, that's cool. 
Well, there yeah. uh, there's no guarantee that when you call in is going to be when your call uh, gets uh, gets taken. We don't guarantee that the calls are taken in the order in which they are received. We they take them in the order in which uh, this appears to be best based on the screening of the uh, of the call. So, with that in mind, or if you're uh, female, it was, yeah. yeah. Well, females <laughs> get a break. So, nothing personal, man. What's on your mind? I got you. All right. So, I just have two very brief questions. Uh, you said before that. Uh, the government claims that nobody owns the public property, which is where you're gaining the standing to make such a statement uh, that you could build a house on it, for example. The question is, would it make any difference if the government said that the property was owned by them? Indeed. You see what I mean? They do say that. Well, I mean, they well, they say that the public owns it. Is that is that what you're saying? But, I mean, the government well, is the claiming to own the property. That the government says that, the, uh, that nobody owns the property. No, no we're saying saying that. that nobody owns it. We're, we're not respecting the government's claim on the property. If I said that, reality. I apologize. If I said that, I, I apologize because I miscommunicated. I don't think the government would make that claim. The government would claim it's public property, and I don't think they would get too detailed as to what that means. Well, so, so really, would you say that uh, no matter what the government says, you don't respect um, any kind of legitimacy that they may appear to have, or they may claim, right? I, I, no, I don't. I don't respect uh, men with guns who are uh, wielding them against uh, aggressively against innocent people, and that's what the government is. Okay, so now, now my my second and last question is: um, if the only owner of a property dies, and I decide to drag his body out of the house and live on his property, do I now own the property? Even if the man wanted it to go to his children, I mean, is there any victim there? What if his children, you know, who, may, who might be grown men at the time, they come wielding a gun just as the government would, and they say that they have a claim to the property because the guy um, said that he wanted them to have it? You see what I mean? Who, where, do, where does the, uh, the well, he, line get drawn there? He had, he had a legitimate claim on the property, but ultimately the, the truth is there are no lines the, the lines are a fantasy that we have that government sort of satisfies that desire for us to have hard lines but they're still arbitrary it's they're always the lines are always fuzzy i mean property is one of those things that without a state i mean the state distorts notions of property but without a state property is one of those issues that will have to be resolved on a case by case basis in many cases and that's why we need arbitration that's why there will be a demand for arbitration in order to avoid violent conflict over issues like property. Because people do have now, different if, notions if of no what, 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 what property, constitutes property. Uh, do you really have it? Pardon, what was that? If nobody respects your property, do you really have it? No, well, I think, yeah, I mean, no, the, you the reality is no. I, I think that's that's the point, is that that it is a, it is a human-created concept, like, like many rights are a human created concept they serve a purpose in a society that wants to be civilized and it's the same thing with property we, if we want to get along without violence and, and 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 not necessarily everyone does there's you know psychopathic people out there that don't want to get along without violence they want to be violent but the point is if we want to get along without violence property is a concept that we have to resolve on a case by case basis in order to avoid violence the state does not avoid violence, by the way, so not, not even remotely. They just monopolize it. We agree on these concepts because it's in our best interest mutually to agree on these concepts. It's in our best interest to agree amongst all of us that we all have certain rights. It's in our best interest to agree amongst all of us that we have the this concept known as property and to respect uh, one another's 
property. Because in the absence of those agreements, then you do truly have chaos. You do truly have a, a situation where nobody respects uh, the other person and, uh, you know, there's kill, kill or be killed. And, and how, how can you live in a world like that? I don't want to live in that world. Yeah, and a lack well, of respect. People Sorry. don't have the, uh, the ability to see ahead and to see what violence really does. So they think that it's in their best interest to indeed be violent uh, by going to the government or uh, to steal things. They think that it's in their best interest in the short term, but they don't see the long-term damage that uh, becomes of it. And I think that that's uh, something that people need to, to learn is to think, think ahead agree. a little bit. That's a good point. I absolutely agree with you. Thank and, you. For and the in call fact, the, the sort of morality that, that statism is teaching us is a very, very perverted kind of morality because right off the bat they don't respect things like that they they'll tell you stealing is wrong but then we find out no it's really only this very conditional stealing is only wrong when they don't do it or mm-hmm. if it's done under terms that they haven't laid out as acceptable or it's okay yeah, if yeah. you can get a majority to agree with your stealing then it's okay and right they, you're right they teach these uh things at a very young age and it's con- constantly uh inculcated in us as we're growing up and as we're adults and so no wonder people are so confused and no wonder people don't uh, look at the long term and yeah it's a might makes right f- philosophy of morality it's re- it's uh, it goes against what they tell us and on the one hand and then the actions that they do on the other they are incongruous right do as i say not as i do we continue to south carolina where steve is on the line hello steve steve in I SC- am hey you're on the Mark. how are you doing just super what's on your mind well um i live in the county and what I realized is I was going to put up a fence in my front yard, and I thought my property ran to the road. Mm-hmm. And come to find out where the utility line is, I have a utility pole in my yard. Okay. And I, I found out that six feet from the utility pole to my house still belongs to the county. Six feet, you say? Yes, from, okay. the, from the utility pole. Now, the utility pole is probably about five feet from the road. Hmm. So the deal is, is... My property doesn't start until six feet after the utility pole. So you so got five feet to the utility pole and then another six feet, so a total of 11 feet from the road is not even yours? Correct. But you're expected to take care of it, aren't you? you know, that's I bet they don't mow it. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, you got to mow the grass all the mm-hmm. way up to the road, otherwise the county's not going to mow it, right? Oh, they'll mow it, but they'll bill you for it, right? That's usually how it works, is if the grass gets too tall on somebody's property, the county will send a warning and then send you know send another warning, and then they'll send you, a crew sh- out. That'd be a good time for civil disobedience, is to say, that's not my property, that's why I'm not mowing it. And let, mm. Until your neighbors complain, and then explain to your neighbors that the county owns the property, and I don't know, I mean, that could get interesting. Well, I guess and you, you know want. the other thing, too, is you want it to look aesthetically pleasing, and yeah. uh, you don't want to look like your yard, you pull white trash or anything. But the thing is, is I realized that when I was going to put the fence up, they were like, dude, uh, six feet beyond, toward your property, beyond the utility pole, still belongs to the county. We own this property. So the pole that they put up, that the utility company put up, is paying a lease to the county. Mm -hmm. The county is charging us for the property. The utility company is charging us for the lease of putting the pole on the county's property. I mean, it's almost like a madhouse. The thing is, you cannot go cut down that pole because you're on county property. And at the same time, you vandalize the power company's property. So you suffer some serious penalties. Yep, I'd say your observations are correct. Any other thoughts for us, Steve? Well, you know, the other thing is, Mark Mark went off to the extreme there for a little bit. 
Yes, he did. He's an extremist. I only asked him questions. I didn't make well, any it, suggestions. The thing is, is, Ian kind of blew you off, and I think Mark's basis was he was trying to show the lunacy of even forming a foundation for an argument like that. The foundation for an argument like what? Like, you know, shooting a child that's in your yard. You don't think that that's going to happen in a world where, um, you know, that essentially everybody really owns their property, that some old curmudgeon, mean bastard isn't going to shoot some little girl for picking flowers in his yard? Somewhere uh, we, talked about the same, we talked about it two weeks ago about why not rape the little girl. She's on, she's on your property. I mean, you know. It's an excellent question. You own it or you don't, right? I just teach, teach my kids we, not we to go on that on man's s- property. We, we touch on advice. so many government absurdities on this show, yeah. and then you bring up one thing, and it's, yeah. More coming up here. Thanks for the call. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. You can dial in and bring up whatever you want. 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll free line, and it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com, including the archives. If you've missed a moment of the show, click and download. They're right there on the front page of the site, going back for an entire year, free for you, at freetalklive.com. We continue taking your phone calls about whatever you want. And also want to tell you about Audible.com. It's the Internet's leading provider of spoken audio entertainment. Listen whenever and wherever you want, just like this show. You can listen to this show however you want. Same thing with Audible. They've got over 60,000 titles from which to choose every genre. Audible's got it covered. Get yourself a free audiobook download if you sign up today through this special link, audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. So that's FTL like Free Talk Live. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. If you use that link, you'll get your hands on a free audiobook download. So limited time offer, though, Mark. I mean, we're not talking about this is not going to be active for right, months and months. Don't expect uh, to, you know, reminders, all, you know, to keep coming or anything like that. So go get your free book now. I hear that Ron Paul's uh, Revolution of Manifestos over there. So you really? Could, you could go get it for free, download it, and listen Sweet. to it. If you'd been thinking, oh, I should get that, I shouldn't reread it, but I don't have time. This is an MP3. You can just carry it along with you. Exactly. Sweet deal. Audiblepodcast.com slash FTL. Go get your free audiobook now. We continue here with your phone calls. Colin in Illinois, you're on Free Talk Live. Hello, Colin. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Uh, It was about the roads. I was actually thinking, because you you were talking about making it all the roads adjacent to your house. But I, I actually think that would be unfair because some of us pay more for property taxes than others. I don't understand what you're getting at. What I was suggesting is that to transition from government-run roads to market roads, the easiest way, in my opinion, is to essentially just cede ownership to the uh, the property owners abutting it. Why, what was your objection? I, don't, I didn't understand. Well, because you, you, you pay five grand in property tax here, right? That's correct. That's what I pay in Keene, New Hampshire. Yep. Yeah. Uh, how many roads are next to your house? I'm on a corner lot, too. Okay. But, what, you know, someone else is a corner lot, too, but they only pay one grand. You know, you've been paying for these roads all these years. I don't what care. I say is you set, what, what you set up is a corporation that everyone in the town has ownership in, and then you can sell your ownership of this corporation. So you sort of... The free market would take care of it that way. Oh, I see. What you're saying is, okay, you've been paying tax, this much in taxes all this time, so the corporation so of the city people, of Keene is... You now own X many shares based on how much you've paid in property taxes for the year... However many years or something? 
yeah, you could develop some way of doing it. Or I don't, I don't care about fairness. I'm not concerned that the guy across the street has been paying less in property taxes, but he gets the same amount of road. I can see that some people would be concerned about that. I don't care. I just want the government to go away. So yeah, this just, will get rid of it, though. You would have a corporation. Most people would sell it. They'd say this is free money. Yeah. You know, you wouldn't have a government in this case. You would have a you would have a corporation doing it. So the, you're saying that every individual that owns property abutting a road would then be a member of this corporation, and they could either sell their share or not. Every, every taxpayer. Every taxpayer every, would be a tax, everyone who pays property taxes. Okay, yeah, that's an idea. I've never heard that one before. It's uh, I'd, I'd say it's it's fairly decent. Of course, then the question becomes, well, who's who's running the corporation? Who gets that privilege? Well, the shareholders would like any company that would vote and pick a leader. I see. Okay. Well, I you guess know, as see, long as I can sell my shares and, you know, there's and, no real restrictions on and it. And there's really not a, an issue with corporations outside of the current statist version of corporations. We have corporatism in America right now. We do not have a free market. We don't have capitalism, yeah, so you, you as most people think of it. But the corporation, by uh, the notion of owning shares in a company is fine. It, the problem is right now we have corporations that are exempt from a lot of liabilities that have... Uh, certain privileges for being corporations that would not make sense and would not be acceptable in a free market. I guess the thing that concerns me the most about the the corporation idea is that it's a, it's essentially another monopoly. I mean, in that uh, you've got this corporate entity. You're, yes, you are a shareholder in that entity, but the entity is going to make decisions, and you can sell your share if you don't like their decisions. That's fine. Uh, but that still only gives one owner. That still means that all of the roads are owned by one uh, entity. Isn't that correct, or am I misunderstanding? Yeah, it would be. But see, even Mark's issue about the one guy holding out, you know, you'd have almost the same problem. What do you mean? He was saying the one guy that would hold out, he wouldn't let the power lines go across his property. I think you you would be giving a bunch of people power to mess it all up, and this one you only give one person. And these people want to make profit, you know? When you say you're giving a bunch of people the power to mess it up, you mean like somebody going out and setting a, a Bob's barricade out in front of the, you know their section of the road? Is that what you're getting at? Well, Mark talked well, about you, the guy cutting down his power pole. The power yeah. lines. You know, let's say I don't want any power running through, and you're in a vital spot, and there's no way to go around it. That one person now has the way. The ability to mess it up for everyone else. Well, I'm sorry, I thought we were talking about roads uh, in the beginning. Well, it would there. be the same thing. You could do this with actually every industry the government runs. But right, but the, go- the government's not running. In most places, the government's not running the power lines, so it wouldn't be a concern there. The power lines are owned and operated by the power company, and the power poles are mm-hmm. are owned by the power company. Okay, yeah, I see a separate issue. So let's focus just on the on the roads thing here. Uh, I, I, I guess I'm concerned the idea that one entity would still own all the roads. I mean, it'd be preferable th- to the government, I suppose, but at the same time, it kind of disturbs me. I think if you were to just cede the road ownership to the, the homeowners, then the marketplace could really act in a much more effective manner because then if I, for instance, wanted to go down the street and offer to buy up all my neighbor's sections of, of their road, I could make that deal and I could just o- own that one road and I wouldn't have to be concerned with other roads anywhere else i could be a road entrepreneur i could go around town i could buy as many roads as, as people would sell to me whereas in your situation it's more centralized yeah in a free market approach so somebody could buy this company could it could break apart each shareholder could take a part of the road do i get to take my road with me if i uh, decide to leave the company if i want to pull my share from the company do i get to keep my road 
Uh, not necessarily. Not if you sold it to the company. No, I don't want to sell it to the company. I've got a share that's that represents oh, my I road. I want my road, and I don't want it to be owned by this company. Do I get that option? See, it, it's not necessarily yours, though, because, see, the thing with the property taxes is the rich is paying for the poor. You know what I mean? The people who pay more are paying for the roads that are next to your house. You haven't necessarily been paying for it. Well, I've been paying five thousand uh, dollars a year, and so that's I've been paying for something with that five thousand dollars. You're no, saying? Well, what about the people that have make le- pay less than you, and they get all the roads by their house? Is that right? Yes, it is right because it's their property. It should be their property, don't you think? No, not necessarily. If the government originally went out and bought it, which you paid for, I think in the past, uh, I, I don't see how just because it's next to you. I think uh, Ian is it. saying that out here we own. Technically, the property lines go out to. About I don't know that. I'm not sure about that. The Mark other issue, that's true. Well, the, the other issue true. is this: is on my deed, my deed says that I own to the middle of that road because my deed is one of those. Well, well, Molly McFarland's land runs from here to the uh, stone block, yeah. to, uh, to the tree over there. I mean, this thing's <laughs> this yeah. deed's from back when Molly McFarland was probably from the 18th century. So my deed says I wrote, own to the middle of the road. What are you gonna? What are you going to do with this corporation's going to take that piece of property from me? I don't think it could, then, if your deed said that. It'd be dependent upon each deed. The state sure does. Okay. <laughs> Thanks for the call tonight, Colin. Appreciate it. 800-259-9231. I, I just think that the as decentralized a solution as we can come up with, the better. That's why I like the idea of just ceding the roads to every property owner that abuts the roads. It just makes the most sense to me. I wouldn't be too concerned with who's paid what in property taxes over the years. It seems That seems to be uh, irrelevant to me. It's Free Talk Live. You bring up what you want. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. You dial in, bring up whatever you want. Toll free, 800-259-9231. That's the SACL CAI toll free line. And it's Ian here with you. And and somebody. And Dale and and Mark. 800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features, they are completely free. And those features include live streams. We've got a broadband version, a dial-up version, and a webcam, all free for you at listen.freetalklive.com. That's listen.freetalklive.com. As we continue here with your phone call, Sam is on the line in Texas. Sam from ObscureTruth.com. Oh, wait, you're right. In New Hampshire. (laughs) I was wondering if you were on a trip. (laughs) You just don't call in very often, Sam. You're always in the studio with us these days. I guess, yeah. Hey, I've been listening to the discussion, and I think... You know, you guys have been kind of hopping between power versus communication versus travel, and these are all very different markets with very different base requirements to, that are needed and, and realities to provide these services in the marketplace. And by kind of jumping between them, it's clouded the issue a little bit. I would argue that the transition's happening right now, and really the discussion, it's to me, I'm hearing you guys stuck in the current paradigm of what exists today, and I want to just focus in on, like, power and communications, and we'll leave the roads for another time. Before you go Um, on, I'd like to establish you as a communications expert, because uh, you did that for a living for quite some time. Is that correct? Yes. I've helped. uh, I worked for the phone company. I used to do engineering as well as uh, traffic studies, all kinds of things for all all of the phone companies, AT&T, Sprint, you name it. Um, 
So, you know, I think in the transition, there, there's going to be things like, you know, somebody cuts their line and people lose the service, whether it's power or communications. That's just a reality. I think the marketplace would adopt to, to that, you know, change in uh, requirements to somehow fill the need. Now, sure, it, it may mean that people who get cut off, somebody has to pony up for a satellite transceiver or some other alternate way to reconnect back into the network. Now, it's going to be expensive, as it is with any early adopter who steps up to the plate to provide something. But if I do that, even on my scale, just for my home, and I have more bandwidth than I need, I can offer that to my neighbors. And I can, uh, you know, go and say, hey, if you want, you know, data service or whatever, here you go, I'll provide it. And if you let me <clears throat> run the cable to, you know, the next neighbor down, I'll uh, give you, you know, this rate, and and uh, then I can go talk to the next neighbor. He may not want the service, but he may, for 100 bucks for five years, let me run the cable through his yard and continue providing the service. So that's really the way the phone company networks have evolved. In large cities where you have a lot of, uh, you know, dense population, there are literally millions of routes between two points. You can use uh, any kind of access technology and transport technology out there from a number of different competing both providers as well as technologies. So, but then once you get out into the rural areas where there's not as much, or there may only be one mom and pop phone company, and that's it. Um, the, the phone company's network has really evolved to meet demand as well as customer requirements. So it, it's important to note that it's not a grid, but the power company is. And that's because it's been under heavier government regulation and they've been granted a monopoly status. So, you know, it's easier for blackouts and power failures to occur in the power network because it's more of a regulatory controlled monopoly. Even more so than the, phones? Power is even more controlled than phones? I would say so because, you know, look, in the if I have uh, satellite offices between um, Chicago, L.A., and Boston, I, I can order data lines to get my traffic between my company, keep it off the public Internet, and I can get that from probably 10 to 20 different providers on different technologies. Mm -hmm. What kind of choice do you have with power? Yeah, and that's why when they had a massive power outage in the Northeast because it's all on this one huge grid, and it was horrible. Right. So I would argue that the transition is happening today. Solar technology is about to increase by a factor of 10. Really? They're working out uh, manufacturing processes for it. It's going to get, in the next few years, it's going to get very cheap and very powerful. Oh, good. But Mark, what's the, what's the problem with solar power? Um, the clouds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But what about, and storage. Uh, why don't I put up wind turbines? Well, what if I put up solar power, my neighbor puts up wind turbines, and we agree to interconnect true. and provide each other backup service? And again, if we want to produce extra service, extra power uh, that you know I just am not going to use, I can start selling that to my neighbors without a grid. The grid exists because of government regulations. All right, in, the, in the world that I see is coming, you're going to have you know different neighbors who have decided I'm going to provide power for me, 
and uh, some of my neighbors, and I'm going to use this technology, which might be wind or solar or a pebble bed nuclear reactor, which, you know, you can put in your backyard. They're perfectly safe nowadays. That's you know Sam you I touched on that I was talking about it being more modular and that with new technologies it would be more modular without government subsidizing and you explained it so well and I really appreciate that. Sure, and it would also be more reliable. You wouldn't have these down lines that knock out huge sections of the grid because again there's no grid. You would just have these little independent power providers out there who are interconnecting with each other in the same way that the internet interconnects based on demand. In the cities, you have much more reliable uh, data and Internet service than you do out in the country. So, right. When you're, yeah. when, you're, when you're passing data on the Internet, uh, one request may go one direction, and a, you know, the next request you make might go through a different channel, all depending. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I, I like the so, idea. Again, more decentralization, uh, the solution here, right? How did you feel about Colin's call? I mean, his his idea of having some sort of, obviously we're back to the roads here, but uh, his idea of having some sort of corporation instead of the government that everybody owns a share of, as opposed to my idea of just ceding the roads to the, uh, the, the property owners. Again, with that solution, he's limiting the ability of the marketplace to respond to the, the market demand. Yeah, I agree. These problems are going to exist. Things are going to come up. People are going to be unruly and say, you can't drive on my road. That is a market pressure and somewhat it's an opportunity for someone to step up and find a way to solve it. And the more restrictions you place on that, the fewer uh, options and the less innovation you're going to get. It's just plain and simple. You know, I like to say that uh, the way, you know, you just said it, but I'd like the way I like to say it is Ending this monopoly, this authoritarian monopoly, is only the first step. It's not a solution. It's not a solution to all of our problems. What it is is the first step to a million solutions that we aren't allowed to try right now. Hmm. That's a great way to put it. I don't know that we have to end it, Dale. I, I think we can just start right now doing this and evolving these services in the marketplace, in the current environment of government. And as people see that, hey... Well, guys- you're going to need a permit for that, Sam. You can't <laughs> just start right now. You we, need need to evolve, we need to evolve yeah, gyrocopters, you Sam. Permit, buddy. You're, you're talking about Sam, the process now. We need yeah. to evolve, uh, start, start evolving gyrocopters. Those are the things that are going to, you know, this Those whole road great, conversation... Well, this whole conversation would be moot. But about the roads, at least. Yeah. Hey, Sam, thanks for the call. Thanks for the uh, the ideas. I appreciate it. 800-259-9231. And, Dale, I love how you put it where uh, if you, if we were to just open up the marketplace, there'd be a million solutions, and the market would decide what the best ones would be. And another point I think you you made during the break, and I thought it was important to make it on the air, and you're welcome to expound upon it. But the idea is that nobody is saying this is a utopia, the guy shooting the little girl in the front yard or whatever other scary – the guy, you know, taking a, a – a, uh, guys shoot girls, little girls now. I right. Mean, it and, does happen. Or a guy taking a chainsaw to the power line. I mean, these are things that can happen now, and they could happen into the future in a free market world. Nobody's saying a free marketplace would be a utopia, but it is a good starting point for mankind to uh, to get along with one another better than this violent monopoly. Right. The violent monopoly is giving us problems now, and myriads of them. We've got police abuses and things like that that compare to the guy shooting the kid in the head. And their solutions create more problems. The right. problems they've already created, they create more problems when they come up with their solutions, which never end up solving the problem. They just usually make things worse. More coming up, even in these remaining moments. Time for your call. Free Talk Live. 
This is Free Talk Live. Only moments remain. Just enough time for your call. If you make it right now, 800-259-9231. That is the SACL CAI toll-free line. And it's Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Join us online at freetalklive.com. All the features completely free, so enjoy those on us. Again, freetalklive.com. And if you like the show and you want to help out Free Talk Live, you can learn how to promote Free Talk Live by going to promote.freetalklive.com. We've got graphics, we've got flyers, we've got all kinds of things uh, that you can do to help get the show to more ears around the world. Go to promote.freetalklive.com, and thank you in advance. We continue with your phone calls. Mike is on the line in Delaware on the amp line. Hello, Mike. Hello. Hey, what's on your mind tonight? Um, actually, I had a point about the um, the, the phone lines and the power lines. Yes, sir. I really don't even think um, if we got rid of all the regulations that they would even still exist because now you can run lines under the ground. Yeah, I, I think that's a great idea. I don't know why more. Uh, I guess one of the reasons why it's not done so often is because there's very little competition in the marketplace, and so they just don't have an incentive to, to get it Phone lines would be taken care of with cell phones, like, a, a, the next year, because yeah. people would put up towers, and there'd be more, you know, instead of uh, the local municipalities outlawing towers all the time, yeah, people it, would have towers all over the place. It's much cell more economical. Cell phone coverage would be, uh, would be great, and yeah. likely you'd have your internet coverage through cell phone towers. You wouldn't have to uh, run fibers and all that other stuff. You, I'm, I'm sure that uh, right. you'd see just huge leaps and bounds in, in wireless those technology. Those yeah, areas. I think you're right. And I think that I was it, under it, the impression the gov- the local governments aren't allowing the companies to. Um, Run the lines under the ground. That's probably true in some areas, and it's definitely true that local governments are not allowing cell phone towers to go up in a lot of areas. So I think what Mark's saying is uh, is right in that if you get a, get rid of all those regulations, then as many towers can go up that need to go up in order to provide the areas uh, that are looking for the service with the services they need. And if you don't have the pesky FCC in the way, then uh, then all kinds of great wireless technologies can be developed without having to go and, and beg the feds for permission first, which, by the way, we to- uh, pointed out in the past on this show that it's because of the FCC that cell phones didn't come out until when we ke- when we saw them come out. You know, they came out in the 80s, kind of, and then they got more popular in the 90s. They could have come out in the 1960s, but because of the FCC... We had to wait another 20 years. And haven't they gotten really good at making cell phone towers more appealing? Like, not look like cell phone towers? They don't look like towers, necessarily, but they don't look like trees exactly either. But yes, they are better. But one of the reasons they did that is because they were forced to... Uh, by the by the municipalities. Oh, well, well, if you I, want to put your tower up, you have to make it look like okay, this. Okay, I can I can picture a lot of NIMBYs, you know. Any other know. thoughts, Mike? No, that's all, Ian. Thanks for the call, dude. 800-259-9231. We continue with Jeremy in Rhode Island. Jeremy. Hey. hey. Um, well, I want to uh, speak about, um, recently I've been calling the local radio stations, mm-hmm. and I found that now they're a lot more uh, liberty-friendly than they have been in the past. When you're saying you're um, calling them, you mean you're calling a like a local talk show? Yeah, just the local talk shows, um, some of the national ones. But if you don't live in New Hampshire, calling up and and bringing the conversation towards pro-liberty, um, it's a great opportunity to plug the Free State Project because the people that are listening are people who are, a lot of them are just really angry and they don't know quite what's going on. They know Obama's bad and they know what's going on is bad. They haven't made that step to understanding the whole left-right paradigm. Plug in the Free State Project um, 
Oh, I've had fun with it. <laughs> it does seem like a great time to do it because Obama got really bad really fast. Like he had, there were incredible expectations of Obama. He was like the Messiah. He got in there and was acting so much like Bush so quickly that even The Daily Show, which is pretty kind of liberal leaning, I like mm-hmm. The Daily Show a lot. They're pretty cool, but I'd say they're a little liberal leaning. But they were making fun of him being like Bush in no time. Yep. And so it was just, I think it was sort of more overt than anyone had ever seen it before. There was always this false dichotomy. You know, I talked about how I've gone through this whole transition through all the different being Democrat and then libertarian and then Republican and then libertarian. And I think it's, I fall, I fell victim to that false dichotomy. I got disillusioned with Democrats, became a Republican for a while, got disillusioned with them, became a libertarian for a while, got disillusioned with them. And now I'm a voluntarist. So. I think it's just that, that it's so overt right now. It's a great opportunity to take advantage of that and the people's um, anger about government. What have uh, some of the reactions been that you've, I mean, you say you've been calling the station, you've been calling these national shows, and you've mentioned the Free State Project. What have uh, the re- reactions been? The reactions have been relatively positive. Um, I call up usually a few times a week, and they keep putting me on. Um, it's It's so, been pretty positive. So um, give us some examples here. What? What what was the uh, particular incident that uh, made you think, well, I should call and tell these guys about it? I Well, they're trying to ram the seatbelt, mandatory seatbelt laws down in Rhode Island, um, where they can pull you over just for not wearing the seatbelt. So it's not um, a primary offense right now, but they're trying to make it so? Yeah. So yeah. I called up and I explained what was what happened in New Hampshire with that and how people, how there's a group in New Hampshire called the Free State Project that's fighting that. Um, Who's know, fighting I, it in Rhode I, Island? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, um, All eight residents. Yeah, a, f- a few <laughs> people, I guess. Not, not really anybody. Um, so, have you been getting positive responses just from the hosts, or have people been calling in to say something after you? Well, from the hosts, most of the people that are calling in are are dead set against uh, having the SIPA was a primary offense, but you know they're just spinning their gears around. Island. They're all just yep. saying, "Well, we're against that." Yep. But there's nothing behind it. There's no political activism, there's nothing, there's nothing really going on. So telling them, you know, we're able to sink and chip, or replace that with whatever state you live in. You know, uh, my first response, my first, uh, my most visceral, I guess, response to what it is that you're suggesting, calling what are essentially uh, right-wing talk show hosts, right? I mean, these guys are sounding pro-liberty, as you mentioned, because it's Obama, right? When it was George Bush, these same hosts were probably right along with old Georgie boy and whatever it was that George Bush could do, he could do no wrong, that kind of mentality. And so I'm initially I would be concerned that promoting the Free State Project to people like that would result in just a bunch of uh, uh, a bunch of moralists coming here to New Hampshire. Or neocons. Or, yeah, but, but when I think a little further on it, uh, then I realize, wait a minute, this is a big commitment. I mean, the idea of picking up your life and moving to New Hampshire, even for somebody who's in Rhode Island, it's still a pretty significant move. And so the Free State Project is, is one of one of the brilliant points about it is that it really is a self-selector. It's, it selects out who the real activists are, because only the best and most dedicated people are going to actually pick up their lives and move. So when they sign that statement of intent that says, uh, that, that, that says you know, I basically believe that the maximum role of government should be the protection of life, liberty, and property, then they, I, think, I think they take that pretty seriously. Plus, once they start to plug in amongst the community of free staters and liberty activists, if they start agitating for, uh, for violence against uh, a pot smoker or, or you know, uh, 
uh, gay people or whoever that uh, they traditionally haven't liked in their Republican circles, uh, they're going to find themselves ostracized, I I've think. I've seen it happen on the Free State Project forums where some, some basically a, a conservative, not a libertarian, gets on there and they, they're, they're a moralist, as you would say, making mm-hmm. fun of pot smokers or gay people or whatever, and uh, or making a huge fuss about the gay marriage in California. And I've seen just... Uh, long threads of people, you know, getting on. And then a few people that will defend them because there's a few people who are quantity over quality and not too many. Yeah. There's a few people that are like, we need to get them here. Just how we need numbers. We need a lot of people. And, uh, I don't, th- I think that defeats the point. Well, I think we need the signers. Um, I would like to see the uh, Free State Project hit its signing goal, and then that way that that particular thing, which is uh, you know the sort of ominous, uh, ominous uh, sort of Damocles hanging over the uh, the Free State Project's head, um, could be taken care of, and then we could get about the business of moving people here that are working for liberty. Now, Jeremy, are you a Free State Project member? I'm considering moving up. Ah. I, I, I plan on moving up in July. Uh, so wait, you're considering or you're planning? I'm planning on it. Okay, so much have it set. I've, I've got it set for July. Uh, so you've not yet joined the Free State Project. I, I signed up. I'm okay, so you are a Free State forms. Project. You are a member of the Free State Project. You've signed the statement of intent. Yes. Okay, great. So is that something that you're telling them when you call the local talk show? Is like I'm leaving. Have you ever said that? I'm I'm getting out of here. I'm moving to New Hampshire. I'm part of the Free State Project. Or have you just promoted the Free State Project? No, I promoted and said that I'm leaving or I've, I'm leaving the state and. I'm I'm just I'm not I'm not going to try to fight something that is basically unfightable. I think point. it's persuasive, and I'm glad you've done that. And I thank you for the call tonight. And I'd like to encourage other people who are out there to consider doing something similar. If you're a free stater, if you're somebody that has has joined the Free State Project, and you're coming up to New Hampshire, and you're not in New Hampshire yet. Pick up the phone. Call your local. It doesn't have to be a national talk show. Call your local talk shows. They're easier to get through on, first and foremost. But call your local talk shows. Talk to the morning show host or the afternoon drive host and, you know, tell them your story. Tell them why you're fed up with where you're living and tell them why you're excited about going to New Hampshire. I mean, that's a persuasive story that people are going to listen to and they're going to say, wow, that's that's a pretty special thing that somebody's uh, doing that, picking up their life and moving to a new place in search of more freedom. And I think you telling that story on the air is going to do a lot to bring people to freestateproject.org and, and check out the website. It's one of those things that, that you can easily do. It's easy activism where you are right now. And it I can agree. help us out. It's been Ian here with you. And Dale. And Mark. Back tomorrow night for the live Saturday edition. Don't forget to join us then. And you can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. You ever have one of those days where everything goes right? First, I get the best parking space at work. Tonight, I have a date with a very lovely Rachel. And today, I gave a killer presentation in Sydney, finalized a contract in London, and demoed our new product in Boston. Online, from my desk, with WebEx. WebEx lets me take meetings and give presentations from my desk. I just talk to clients on the phone, and they watch what's happening on my desktop from their desktop. So I can travel the world and still be here for my date tonight with Rachel. Travel less, meet online. Go to WebEx.com and try WebEx free. Just click the radio graphic and enter promo code 600 to get a free trial and a free webcam, too. Remember that code 600 to qualify for the free webcam. WebEx, now part of Cisco and used by more than 5.5 million people every month. Give it a try, free. Go to WebEx.com and enter the promo code 600. W-E-B-E-X.com. Free webcams available while supplies last. Terms and restrictions apply. See website for details.